understand. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? What? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Welcome to the Uncommon Communicator Podcast. Your hosts, James Gable and Brandon Thompson, are here to bring you enlightenment to the topic of communication. Good afternoon, Brandon. Good afternoon, James. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Very well. Yep. Just finished up the convention for the district, uh, Toastmasters District 26 okay. convention, where I was inducted to be the club growth director. Yeah, you're in the trio now, right? I am in the trio. In the trio. So I'm continuing my Uncommon Communicator journey. Through Toastmasters through leadership. Toastmasters. Yep. Very good. Congratulations, James. Round, a lot of fun. round of applause. Uh, I uh, We clapped so much because we're in person. Okay. We're not used to doing it. I saw a couple of people doing jazz hands. Jazz hands. I'm like, we're not on Zoom. He even looked at me. He's like, we're not on Zoom, are we? Yeah, you but, can't just like put yourself on mute and like give one of those. <laughs> you could like, know, and I did those. So it was funny because uh, my hands were like bruised. Yeah, like, they're, they're just raw from all the clapping. We're not used to clapping. There's a lot of <laughs> clapping in Toastmasters for sure. But yeah. we're not here to talk about Toastmasters. We're talking. About what? We're talking about bad news today. Well, not necessarily bad news. How to break bad news. Oh, okay. How to to break bad news or how to give bad news, how to deliver bad news. That that kind of a thing. Not necessarily bad news itself because bad news comes in in a lot of different forms. Well, and yeah, you talked a little bit about that, right? It could be disappointment. That's still bad news. And to deliver it appropriately could completely bring out the impact it's going to have on somebody. Yeah, right. You got to tell someone, hey, uh, I'm going to cancel my plan or we have to cancel our plans because I got to go do this instead. That's that's not good news. Nope. It's still bad news. uh, That's bad news. Well, I've got a saying that I've had for a long time, which is this. Bad news does not get better with time. No. No, it doesn't. And it doesn't get better when they find out, like, the bad news not from you or from someone else. That's almost even worse. And yeah. most of the time, those are through either leaks. You have source leaks. Mm-hmm. Or you got to have somebody who uh, you just delayed it, right? You yeah. waited too long. Then they find out the, the a bad, bad way. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like when you dent your parents' car and then you work really hard to, you know, cover it up with a paint or something like that. And then they find out, like, six months later that you done dented their car. Would have been just better if you walked up to mom and dad and be like, so I accidentally dented the car. Yeah. And to say that that's been there doesn't work. Doesn't either. work. Even though it had know. been there, maybe because you you know, held it off for a day or two. <laughs> so that's probably not a good way to deliver bad news. No, it's not. To to your parents. We, we are going to cover today, one, why is it important first to deliver bad news correctly and timely? I mean, it just, it helps things across the board, man. Like it. It is, I won't say it's like an art form to deliver bad news, but it's, you know, you, you got to do a little song and dance to kind of get through it. It's a skill. Uh, yeah. You could call it an art if you're an artsy guy. I mean, if you got a communication degree, you can yeah. call it art if you want. There you go. But yeah, it, a bachelor degree in fine arts is what a communications degree is. Yes. Is, is it? Okay. The fine arts and sciences. Well, there you go. So it is an art, but it's definitely a skill that you can practice, you can get better at. And that's why we're going to give you... Nine tips today for a successful delivery. But with those nine tips, like a lot of our communication skills that we talk about, you got to practice them. You're not going to be great at it the first time you do it. And nobody likes delivering bad news. But I've learned, as we've stated in that bad news does not get better with time, to deliver it at the right time is way better than than to wait and have them find out another way. Mm -hmm. So those are all, all good advice. 
All right, James. So what's number one on the list? Well, I think the first one is really to make eye contact. You know, don't if you're going to be delivering bad news, don't be looking away. You really want to make that eye contact with that person and and create that connection. You don't want to be avoiding because at that point, that almost indicates kind of a lying nature as well, too. So you want to be direct and really make that eye contact. Yeah, you want you want them to know that you're kind of inv- like you're invested to begin with, right? This is not. Something that you, you know, because depending on what the bad news is, this could be life-altering and life-changing, right? It, it could go. And, yeah, we can talk about that, too, uh, as far as what bad news comes in a lot of forms. Yeah. Right? And we talked a little bit about that because it, it isn't just, hey, Grandma died. No, it's not. It's right. more than that. And it's not as heavy as that, but it's also the lighter stuff as well, too, right? Well, I mean, it's like uh, you, you brought up, you know, you got to bring somebody in to get fired, right? I, I watch. I love watching Hard Knocks in the NFL. And it sucks every time because they got to bring people in, and they're like, "Yeah, no, we we brought you in, we wanted to pay you, but it turns out this other kid's got the spot, not you, and you got to cut somebody, right? So you got to deliver bad news and firing somebody. Um, there, there's that one. You, the classy or the classic one's probably like a breakup. Everybody's probably been through one of those bad newses. It's not me, it's you. It's everybody's like, or no, it's not you, <laughs> and it's that not, does not, not work, not, does it? It's not you, it's me. Is that is the classic oh, breakup you said line? It backwards, I, I definitely said it backwards. Dude, it's like, always them. Come on, oh, come you on. You never think you're the problem. Regardless of what you want to say, you never think you're the problem. Even like not meeting expectations, that comes a little bit to like correcting somebody, right? Mm-hmm. If they're not performing correctly, in some ways that has to have a delivery that is presented properly and, and in a timely fashion. Because if somebody, if you've got an employee who's not performing, you've got to address those things right away. It's like, hey, man, until it bugs you so much yeah. that you bring your emotions in. That's why that timeliness is really, really important for that one. Mm-hmm. Or it's like when someone thinks that they've done something right and they like bring it to you and you're like, oh, this was this is not at all what I needed it to be. But right. ma- making that eye, eye contact definitely tells you that you, tells them that you genuinely care. Yeah, like you haven't like because obviously this is affecting them to whatever degree, right? So you need to have some kind of an investment in delivering it because if you don't have that investment, then it just doesn't come off authentic, right? And this is this is possibly life altering for them, and that's a massive thing, like. If you fire somebody, that's a big deal. Or, you know, you're like, I got to let you go, right? Like, I don't have the money in the budget. I got to let you go. Like, that's a big thing. If I were to say that and be, like, looking at my phone the whole time, then, like, thanks, man. Like, I think you just now suck as a human being because you couldn't even look me in the eye and fire me. Like, that's just, that's not okay. Yeah. So, and I think eye contact, I like how that's number one. That fits to a lot of our communications, right? Yeah, just in general. Just to be authentic, like, eye contact is important. And you're going to give that information. They might avoid eye contact. And I've seen that before, too. I've given a fair amount of bad news in my yeah. life. But with that, they'll look away because they, they're, you know, trying to contain it. This is, it can be an emotional thing as well, too. So yeah. you also have to use it with a little bit of kindness in there, too. You don't want to stare them down either. No, there's, there's tact involved. There, that's the right word. Right. Make, making yep. the connection probably in the very beginning is important. So that's where eye contact can just immediately make that connection. And then after that, you have to feel your way through the rest of the conversation or like whatever is, else is going on. Well, we covered a little bit, but what's the second one? Sort yourself out first. So, you know, again, because this can be a very emotional thing, right? Uh, I'm sure doctors all and around the world understand that when you deliver bad news, like, hey, we're going to have to chop off your foot. Otherwise, like the, the disease is going to get to your heart and you're going to die. Not exactly great news that you're going to be one-legged now. Um, or, you know, if you have to fire somebody, obviously the other person can be emotional. Like you have to, you have to stay neutral. I think the best way to do this, which I think is another one of the tips. That's the very next one. You're right. Yeah, I like try to be neutral is the next one. But like 
if you're emotional throughout the whole experience, like they're going to ride your waves of emotion and that does not help with the delivering of the news is the best way that I could phrase that. Yeah. And now that we really look at this two and three, definitely are tied together to sort yourself out. You're doing that to make, make sure that you can contain your emotion. But then at the other point, you've got to remain neutral with those emotions. So it's kind of that same step forward. Yeah. Right. Cause they're so, if you, for instance, if you're if you're mentioning to a family member that another family member has died, clearly you have emotions on the subject, just as they have emotions on the subject, and you need to be able to sort yourself out because they are probably going to then lean on you after the bad news is like you know served. So you need to be a stable thing to be leaned on, right? Or you just you you need to be there and you need to be effective in your communication and it is a, one of the best ways to be effective in communication is to have a plan to kind of sort yourself out and to be emotionally neutral throughout the whole thing, yeah. which then brings us to number three. It does, and and in that you really need to just stick to what you know. That's part about staying neutral. Mm-hmm. You know you don't you don't want to develop this and then like oh, I'm really on your side, but boss is making me do it. Let's stick neutral and do you know give the give the right information correctly and don't stray too far from either side of those yeah. of that news. I would tell totally that But so, you know, so stay neutral is number three. So we should just, you know, say again, stay neutral, stick to the, you know, just don't. And I will also say maybe with stay neutral, like don't blame, right? Like there's uh, I I think, and I, and I've done this on a regular basis too, but like I'll correct somebody or I'll tell somebody to do something differently. And, but yeah, man, no, if it was me, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But you know, they're the ones saying it. And it's like, or you could just own it and be authentic about it and say, no, this is exactly how it goes and don't blame. Yeah. Take, take ownership where it's appropriate. Yeah. You know, if you're given the bad news, there's a reason. Yeah. You're, you were, there's a reason you're in that position and you need to take ownership of that news. And sometimes I've been there before too, where you've had to deliver somebody else's bad news. Mm-hmm. But, but stick to the facts. And that's part about staying neutral. Step four is to be prepared. And this goes back to what we're talking about. This is a skill. You've got to have some practice. You could even rehearse saying it out loud. It's okay. You know, I'm a big fan of the role playing. We talked about that, right? Yeah, yeah. Being Spider Man or being whatever. We had, a, we had a whole discussion about role playing. We, we did. Yes, we, we went did. through. Co- See, and I had to explain to you that dressing up as Spider Man is cosplaying because it's costume playing, not necessarily role playing. Yeah, eye opening stuff. Yeah, like, for like me. Andrew Garfield role plays as Spider Man, where I just cosplay as Spider Man because I. I ain't going to actually, anyway, neither here nor there. But, but that brings about practice, right? You want yes. to make sure that you're rehearsing these things just so you're not fumbling on them. And if you are in a position where you're constantly giving bad news, I hate to say it, but you will get better at it. And that yeah. comes with practice, but it comes with being prepared. Yeah. Right. And you just, and you also have to be prepared for probably follow like follow up questions as it goes, right? Like there's not, if you, if you deliver bad news and they ask why, you know, they ask the who, the what, the when, the where, the why, they start trying because they, 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 they're trying to understand what's going on because this is not great for them. You need to have those answers because not knowing is even more frustrating or it not is. knowing like why is even more frustrating or not understanding or not having your questions answered is even more ridiculous. And having been the bearer of bad news, they will ask questions and they may, and depending on what news you're giving them, they're going to throw their arguments out there. Yeah. Like no, no. you're leaving because of this. Well, no, that's not me at all. And then you, that's, it goes back to being neutral, trying to keep your emotions in check mm-hmm. because you have got to be prepared for those type of interactions. Yeah. Well, you know, like grandma died and then the next question probably is how, 
when, you know, where, that kind of a thing. So it's just, you need to, you have to be prepared to answer questions and, you know, just have a plan. Like I said, have a plan, be neutral and go in there. Step four, be prepared. Be prepared. Step five is speak at the level you need to. And I've seen this, like some people go into this treating adults like children. Mm -hmm. uh, And especially if there's some emotion, but you don't want to do that. And, And also the other side is don't treat children like adults. They can't handle it like you think they're going to handle it too. So it's the big thing is to make sure you're speaking to the correct level of the person you're talking to. Yeah. And then there's also, and there's like a tone that goes with it too. Um, obviously you don't want to come in with a smile and say, Hey, grandma's up in heaven. Now it's going to be great. We're so excited. That's, you know, like I pick the right tone, pick the right mood for the right person and understand that other people, you know, I, when I want to receive bad news, I tend to just, straightforward, right? Just give me the tone. I don't need no pomp and circumstance beforehand. Don't ask me how, like if you brought me into your office to fire me, don't sit me down and say, Hey, how's the wife and kids doing? Like, what are you doing this weekend? No, just give me the news. Teach like hit me with a coach. Cause I was like, what, what are we doing here? Like, okay, great. I'm going to tell you about my wife and kids. And you're like, great. I'll never see him again. I'll never have to hear about him again. Like, no, just, Stick with it. And and some, but however, some people like need that kind of like a, a cushion to help settle into the conversation. Well, and I'll tell you, I think you're right on the right path because I've done that before too. And this is why the next number six is use facts. But so we're going to kind of flow right into that one is you want to be careful. You want to, you, I've done that before. Like, yeah, so how's a wife and kids? How's this? And then sometimes they're story talkers. Maybe that's why you're letting them go because they mm-hmm. won't shut up. They're going to go on for this long, uncomfortable conversation. What I have found is getting right to the point. Hey, we're here for this. Yeah. One thing I've done before too is, do you know why we're here? A lot of times people do. Yeah. Uh, and this is, and, and I know I'm being very specific to we're, we're letting you go or it's time for a layoff or, or a corrective discipline thing. You know, if, if the guy wrecked his truck and he shows up, do you know why you're here? I think I wrecked my truck. Yeah. So that's why we're, you know, going through that. But, it is very, very important to kind of break that tension. It is. It's like using our negotiation skills too, right? You want to just break and cut right through it so we can get to talking about the facts. Well, it's the same thing with like a doctor's bedside manner, right? Like a doctor isn't going to obviously sit there and use all the correct medical terms to, from start to finish to explain what's going on. Um, and again, maybe some, maybe some of the patients can do that. I could not. I need, you know, I need it dumbed down just a little bit, but uh, use the facts as a good like bedside manner to have when you're breaking this kind of information and then to speak on their own level so that way they can understand. So, cause you're not here to be insulting, right? Like you're not, you're not trying to talk down to them and you're not trying to treat them any differently. You're just here to let them know that, Hey, this is, these are the, you're, you're here to let them know what the circumstances are and then to figure out how to move forward with those circumstances and to make sure that they understand the circumstances. Yeah. Provide the facts and the evidence to why something is happening or why something went wrong. Mm-hmm. Bring the facts, bring the evidence. Number seven is what? Don't negotiate, uh, which is kind of weird for us because we spent a whole book on negotiating. Yeah. But I, the way that I look at the way they say don't negotiate, don't try to make it better afterwards, right? Like don't hit somebody with a crowbar and then give them like an ice pack. Like, no, like hit them with a the crowbar and then call an ambulance or something like that. Like there's no... Oh, we can do this. We can do that. This is, you know, you know, for every one door closes, one door opens, you know, like, don't know. Look, you, you're, you're here to deliver the news and to give the news. And then that, that's what you're here to do. Right. There's, there's no, 
Uh, but uh, no, the the wishy washy crap is is crap nonetheless. Well, and you you said that earlier too when we were chatting about that because I had a hard time with that. Don't negotiate. You're right. Like we have like nine or ten episodes of negotiation, mm-hmm. but you nailed it exactly. That which is don't be wishy washy about it. Don't give them the bad news and then try to be wishy washy about it or water it down if you see the effect that they're having. You don't want to do that. No, like, it's like a it's, it's kind of. It goes back to like a, like a good old fashioned breakup, right? Like the next question is the, the next question is probably why, like what did I do, something like that, right? And some of the times it's there's not necessarily anything you could do, but like don't also be like, well, we can still be friends. No, dude, like it's hard and it's rough and it's not easy, and emotional attachments are you know difficult. So it's probably best to just stick with the sever. If you're gonna sever an emotional attachment. Sever an emotional attachment. Don't like we do, but we can hold it. Down. No, just but does that mean we're still not going on vacation together? I mean, no, we can go. So we're breaking we're, up. We're and still now we're not going on vacation. Yeah, like so, together. Like, you know, if you've got your honey, like I don't know, you're not your honeymoon plan, but if you got like a summer vacation plan, it's probably not a good idea to go with your ex on summer vacation. That's this. You know, you. I'll take my ticket. You can take your ticket. You can find somebody else. I'll find somebody like somebody. It just or you know, we'll get refunds. But like, don't. We can still do this. We can still do that. No, like the whole point is that you're severing a connection. So sever said connection, right? If you're firing somebody, sever the connection. Not well, you know, or like a summer job, right? Like, like all right, you got a part time job for part time hour or a seasonal job, right? Yeah, like a seasonal job. Well, man, we're not going to end up keeping you on it. But like, I'll give you a call next summer, or something like that. No, dude, like you have the phone. You have his home. You have his phone number. He has your phone number. If you need him again, you can call him. And I'm assuming you know, or call him or her, right? You know, however that wants to go. So number eight is offer help. Now with that one, I have a hard time with a little bit because you don't want to give that false help. Hey man, anything you want. That's so generic for somebody. It's kind of a platitude basically, right? Hey, anything you want to do to help. But what I say is be specific or don't offer to help at all. You know, like what's a specific thing? Uh, so I recently had a coworker got injured, right? And uh, I waited until after I knew the coworker was home safe and everything was kind of understood, right? So she she's home, she's okay. Her husband and her are kind of figuring out how things are going to go. So I called her up and I said, "All right, like, what's the situation here? You know, what happened? You know." And then I didn't say. Is there anything you need? I said, Tammy, feel free to pick up the phone. If you, you guys need us to cook a meal or do something like that, please call. If you just want someone to come over to say hello, by all means, right? Like, just, just, there's the, there's the tell me what you need kind of a thing, right? But to, to just say anything you need, pick up the phone, it, it's just, it comes off disingenuous. It's almost like when you tell somebody, like when the waiter tells you to like enjoy your meal, right? And you say, you too. It's a reflex response. And a reflex response is not entirely, genuine right like it's right. it's just it's you want them to know that you are there at the time and in the moment you're saying okay these are specific examples that i can give because i know that i can do this right you were saying like you know do you need to ride to the airport um, yeah do you need to ride to the airport can i make a meal for you you know depending on what it is do you need to borrow my truck you know can i help yeah. you move you know those are all real things to offer out there and because depending on how it's given and the time that it's given, which hopefully you're doing it timely, right? And at, yeah. the, at the appropriate time, mm-hmm. they're going to have to process some of this. And just to say, I'll help for anything. I don't want to bug you. I don't want to borrow your truck, but if you threw out your truck and they're at a spot where they need something to move their stuff, they're going to remember that. And that's being genuine. That's being sincere, but that's offering help 
in a solid in a solid way. Yeah, right. And that was uh, when it, I mean uh, I just had a couple friends break up, right? And we all understood. So we you know we we understood that one of them was going to be moving out. One of them was probably going to be keeping stuff. One of them probably needed help move. And that was the same way. It was like, all right, man, look, I got an extra. I have a spare bedroom up there. You're more than welcome to use a spare bedroom. If you need help moving, just let me know, right? That's like, though, that was a specific circumstance where I guess in that turn, they were delivering the bad news to me. And uh, and then I turned around and said, okay, well, these are the things that I can do to help. Again, and they took you up on it. And they took it up on it, right? And that's the other side too, right? You better be offering something that you're willing to give up. Yeah. Like you, you, you can't be like, oh, anything you need. And then they're like, hey, I need you to like watch my dog for a weekend or something. I, I, you know, yeah. I'm just not going to know what the are. Well, it could be money. It could be, there's a things that maybe that's why I'm such a fan of being specific. You know, yeah. what if they're in, uh, Oh man, it sucks that you're broke and might have to move out. Uh, Hey, I'll see you later. Yeah. Uh, see you next week, wherever you're at. Yeah, mean, you is, yeah. Be sincere. Like, Hey, I can't help you right now. Yeah. Financially. However, you can sleep in the back of my truck if you'd like. Something like that. Right. So just, when you offer help, be sincere. Be sp- and a good way to be sincere is to be specific to how you can help and what you can do. Because to that, like especially giving them right, so that if someone is receiving some bad news, then it it gives them all, I won't say like a silver lining, but it then creates options for them. They now know where they can get help and what they can get help with. Well, and the last one I think is a slippery slope. I'm not, I'm not sure how you feel about it, but suggesting solutions. I, so this one, I think, I think a doctor is probably the one that needs to like something with solutions, right? So they come in and they say, Hey, you have, you know, a heart condition. This, you know, this is what we need you to do. We can do this surgery. We can do this, something like that. Right. But solutions don't like, sometimes there just isn't a solution. I don't know if there's necessarily like a solution for like, there's not like a solution for a firing. Um, you can say, Hey, or, or, you know, it, let's say it's a coworker that you know for well, and it's been like several years and it's okay. The comp- this company is letting you go. I have an in and another company. Let me give you the guy's phone number. Like, that's a great solution. Like that's a great solution. Right. Yeah. But there's not always a solution. Right. So like, if you're going to break up with your girlfriend or your boyfriend and it's not okay, it, it, it kind of, I think it's just kind of a severed tie. Cause you're not going to be like, Oh yeah, but you can go hang out with my buddy, Jimmy. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not exactly a quality solution. Yeah. It's like, we're not going to be friends anymore. So you can go hang out with Jimmy. Yeah. No, like don't, like don't necessarily offer up a solution, but just like leave it be. So the, the solutions I think, depending on your relationship are important. Cause you, okay, it's the same kind of thing with like offering help, offering solutions. These are things that you, you're letting them know that like, okay, these circumstances are hard. These are things that you can do to help solve said like hard circumstances, or these are things that I can do, which is the offering help kind of thing. But I will say that offering or suggesting solutions is a slippery slope. We, we've already discussed it's not the nail, right? So sometimes they just want to be upset for a while about the bad news, which is perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You you need to people need to work through their emotions, so you should let them work through their emotions. So sometimes suggesting solutions is a terrible idea. And keep it to yourself. But, yeah, and I'm a big optimist. I mean, that's a good time to just remain optimistic for that person. You know, mm-hmm. they don't. You, they're not. They don't want to tell you you've given them the bad news, and then you're like, you know what? Yeah, it really sucks. Yes, <laughs> it, it's only going to get worse from here. You know, that's probably bad uh, solutions mm-hmm. suggestions. Well, do you ever want to hear "I'm sorry" from somebody? No, that's a good topic as well. Too, it depends. Okay. So for "I'm sorry." It's if they are sincerely, uh, if they messed something up Mm -hmm. and they are sincerely saying, hey, I'm sorry for messing this up. 
Well, so do they have like a definition for like, I'm sorry per se? This is how it's defined in the Webster dictionary. It's used for telling somebody that you are ashamed. Okay. So, you know, like you're embarrassed about something that you did. Yep. That makes sense. Or unhappy about something that you have done that has hurt or upset them. Okay. So that would be a reason to be, I'm sorry. But, and this is maybe just the way that I take bad news. But when someone says, I'm sorry for your loss, I hate it. Yeah. I can't, like, I don't, I don't, okay. Not that I don't appreciate your sympathy and you're trying to be empathetic and I, I can, or sympathetic, I can appreciate that. But I don't want to hear, I'm sorry. Because you didn't do anything wrong and there's it was out of your control. So don't say, I'm sorry. I say, I, you know, I wish it was different circumstances. That would be abundantly clear, right? That that's probably accurate, something like that. But I don't, I don't like hearing "I'm sorry" when well, I get bad news. And there's people that are quick to kind of take the blame to get it away, right? When it's mm-hmm. not their blame, it's not theirs to take that blame on themselves. They're just trying to appease the situation. And I yeah. would agree with you; it's not an effective use of the of the idea of "I'm sorry" or even the word "I'm sorry" yeah. words. Unless, like, again, unless you go back to the story where, like, you you tell your parents that, "Hey, so I dented the new." The new Corvette the other day. Sorry. Like that, like, I'm sorry. That I'm sorry makes sense when you're breaking bad news. But uh, like when a doctor comes in and says, I'm sorry, you know, so-and-so, like, I don't appreciate that. Because it's not, you know, like they clearly did their jobs probably to the best of their ability. I don't think it's their fault. Your condition isn't their fault. No. Now, if he comes in and says, hey, I'm really sorry, I cut the wrong leg off. Then that, then that would be because then he would probably he's ashamed be, he would be ashamed of how he cut of the wrong leg off. Yeah. Correct use of it. Would be the correct use of it. So I would, I, as another little tidbit, when you're delivering bad news, use I'm sorry effectively and properly would be the way I say it. Because otherwise in my book, it just comes off as disingenuous or like you, you don't seem to actually care is the way that I would phrase it. If you're just trying to say I'm sorry, because you're trying to fluff it off, say the words that like you think are going to appease another person and then move on. Well, and this really brings us kind of to the end. That's a lot of tips. So if you're at the point where you're like, what did they say? That's the best part about a podcast. Hmm. Just hit the old rewind button. Let's go back. But let's rehash a little bit for those who have been listening. And the first one, make eye contact. Mm -hmm. Second one, sort yourself out first. Yep. Be emotionally stable. Number three, try to be neutral. Uh, Number four, be prepared. They're going to have questions. You need to answer them. And then number five. Speak at the level that you need to talk mm-hmm. to children like children and talk to adults like adults. Number six, use facts. Make sure you've got the facts when you're sharing this information. Number seven is don't negotiate. Don't try and soften the blow. Like it's going to suck. You just need to get through the suck together. Offering help, but doing it purposefully. Right? Purposefully Being and productively. specific about it. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is. Suggest solutions is kind of just optional, right? Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. And if we're going to throw in a number 10, because we like round number 10s, use I'm sorry properly. I like it. Well, that brings us to the end. I think our what I got from the UC moment for me was bad news does not get better with time. No, it does not. We have to address these things at the right time. But you've got another one in there for me that I caught, which has to do with... I'm sorry? Yeah. I think that's it. For me, that was a moment of enlightenment for me. Really using it properly and effectively. I think that's our UC moment for today. That's all I got. What about you? uh, You know, bad news doesn't age like wine and use I'm sorry properly. See you, bye.